Hello and welcome to One Hit Blunders, a show where we look at the one hit wonders of yesterday, today, and maybe even tomorrow. And uh, we take a second look at them and see if, uh, you know, they really deserve their fame or if uh, we're kind of a blunder. I'm your host, co-host, one of the hosts, Matt Gasper. <laughs> and I'm your host, one of the hosts, the other host, Cameron Fontaine. See what I did there? Nicely done. <laughs> I see it. I'm picking up what you're laying down. Intentional. More like the other way. You you picked it up. Yeah. You threw it back to me. Yeah, you fumbled it. I received I, it. I picked it up and I spiked it <laughs> on the other side of the goal post ball net. Yeah, just like sports. You took badminton yes. and turned it into good minton. Yes, just like Jeremiah Woods of the Tiger. Right? He's an athlete, right? <laughs> I have no idea. Nope. Okay. Well, I tried. Which is why we're doing this show about um Yeah, pop music. we never claim to be sports experts. <laughs> That's for our other shows. Sports nuts. Sports nuts. Sports hit blunders. We, we get nuts on some sports. And we get sports in the nuts. Oh, <laughs> oh god, I hope not. I I, I don't know what I that was means. Looking but I don't for like something it. to uh yeah, I was looking for something to go into that, but it it didn't really uh, it didn't really catch. No. So let's talk about some music instead. Yeah, I, I think we should probably do that. That seems more in our wheelhouse. So um, we this week listened to the smash hit "Wonder of 1986." Cutting Cruise. Uh, parenthesis. I just. <laughs> parenthesis died in your arms i i just died in your arms tonight that one you know it you love it it's infectious it was pretty good it, <laughs> it sounded like it kind of sounded like someone doing an impression of michael jackson singing dead in your arms yeah i mean that's what i was going for so Let, oh perfect it, got in one <laughs> <laughs> got <it> in one <laughs> um so let's start with the the song itself, the hit, the one hit. Parenthesis, I just parenthesis died <laughs> Are you in your arms. Do that every time. <laughs> I'm gonna do it every all time. Right. I don't think I can. Uh, I don't. First of all, I want to tackle that. Why is I just in parenthesis? I don't. I don't understand that. I don't know. It, it, that's that's the kind of thing that seems at least in. Um, recent history um seems to be something that's more suited for bands like panic at the disco to have <laughs> uh like their paragraph long titles for songs uh with like parentheses here and there i think uh i think death grips did a lot of that too with one album i know that there was a lot of that in the 90s but it was usually like afterwards like i Definitely know that Blue by Eiffel sixty five had parenthesis around Daba D, which was part of the, which was part of the title, um, and I I remember that because I bought the CD when it came out or shortly after it came out, and I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> like, I, I don't I don't understand the the rationale for. It. I think Blue is a fine song name. I, I don't know that you need to to remind everybody about the chorus at that point in time. Um, when they're looking at the <laughs> looking at the track list, and that's the big thing is like for that song specifically, you know, taking it as an example, like Daba D doesn't 
add anything to it. Mm-mm. If you say the blue song, okay, everyone's going to fucking know what you're talking yeah. about. It's a song where you say I'm blue 37 times <laughs> in the span of a minute. And it's, I mean, it's really a nonsensical. Why are we talking about this? This is not the episode about blue. We'll have one about blue. But <laughs> we'll have one about blue. We'll we'll go through all Eiffel 1 through 65. Yeah, yeah. All of to, them. To get to that. Every single one. Um, it's going to be a long ride, <laughs> folks. Let's buckle in. But parenthesis, I just parenthesis, dead in your arms. Um, the I just doesn't... Yeah. Do you want to start shitting on Cutting Crew right now? Oh, man. Like, um, I, I want to give them, like... I want to give them a little bit before we rip into them. Um, I mean, we kind of already did with the parenthesis thing, so I guess we might as well just keep going. Yeah, we're kind of showing our hand at this point. Um, that said, this is the only good song on that album. Yeah, that's true. I mean, okay, there are other songs that I kind of enjoy just because, like, I'm a weird 80s new wave kind of freak mm. like that um but i, I it just it was very hard for me to to pay attention well um listening to this song um i have some notes here but they kind of trail off at the end and the the second half of the album i i, I even stopped writing down the song titles and, and things so it's just <laughs> it's just blank paper it's a good song it's a hit and it got a lot of popularity for a reason yeah no, I mean, I think it's a. I, I, I like the song. I, I I really like um when I hear it on the radio, or, or or you know if it comes up on somebody's playlist or something. I I really enjoy listening to it, and I think that as like a one hit wonder, to use the term, or like you know something that's going to be a single off an album. It's very well written for that. It's definitely sticks in my head. It is one of those songs where if I hear it at like a wedding or when I'm out at a bar or something like that, the whole next day I'm just gonna be walking up to people and singing it to their face because that's what I do because I'm weird like that. Yeah, for sure. And if it's um, you know, even if like someone's pulling it up at karaoke, you know I'm screaming along yes. just with this whole bachelorette party. To- <laughs> uh to the song um and let's also address the title and the subject matter and the inspiration for this song was based on cx cx are you sure yeah uh (laughs) oh man i should have prepared better and had this pulled up um Pulled up and pulled out. Uh, there was a good one. Uh, I, see, I see what you did there. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Grandma. Um, <laughs> with the running theme, assuming that my grandma's listening yep. to every episode of all of my podcasts. I'm sure she is. <laughs> he said in some interview that um, he thought up the like hook to this song while he was having sex with his girlfriend. On Wikipedia, um, it says the actual words, I just died in your arms tonight, originally came from Van Edie while he was having sex with his girlfriend. The French phrase, la petite morte, or the little death being a metaphor for orgasm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> there it is. That's, uh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, it's... I think that's kind of representative of uh the the exposure i've had to cutting crew and their music <laughs> is that like 
they're they're very much the band that uh the the lead singer had like one really great idea that sort of came out of nowhere he wrote it down um i think he said like he he wrote um a good chunk of the lyrics the next day and then had a demo within three days wow and it was just like one person who had one great flash of inspiration and everything else was mediocre and he just like (laughs) wrote that out all he could yeah as far as the band goes like they've got some history though i mean they're they're i mean this is their debut album so this is like Mm-hmm. Their their mm-hmm. big breakout, but they were around from 1985 to 93, and then they broke up briefly. Their lead guitarist died in 2002, and then 2005 they got back together, and they're still making music. They put out an album in 2015 called Add to Favorites, which started playing automatically after I listened to this album, and it's weird. It sounds like some kind of, like, it sounds almost kind of like Wilco, like that kind of like country huh. rock kind of or folk rock mm-hmm. like that very that very down home kind of like folk rock that will like um wilco's album am um it sounds a, a lot like that that's what it reminded me of like right off the top of my head and i was like huh that is interesting <laughs> and unexpected yeah definitely i Man, maybe I would have been nicer to them if I had listened to that. <laughs> no, was... no, you wouldn't have, because I listened to it. <laughs> I didn't listen to the whole album, but I listened to a couple songs, and, and I, I, mm-hmm. I kind of cruised through their catalog on Spotify and listened to a random song here or there. And uh, I mean, it's nothing spectacular, but I, I bet if I gave their newer albums a little bit closer of a listen to, I might actually like them, but I don't know. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I will say on... Uh... On Spotify, I accidentally saw the uh, cover art for Add to Favorites. And accidentally. (laughs) I accidentally. uh, The cover, it's pretty great. Um, It's like some dude. It's like some dude in a suit of armor getting out of a pool in like LA or some crap. Mm. And it's just, it's stupid enough that I love it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's good enough, right? Yeah, good enough for who it's for, I guess. Yeah. I will say, um, probably the best thing about this album, and maybe the best thing about Cutting Crew and the best thing they've ever had, is uh, the cover art for the U.S. edition of Broadcast, <laughs> which is the yeah. album that um, it Just Died in Your Arms is on. It sucks. Um, the U.S. cover art is super, super good. It's like one giant C, and then um, there's a... It looks like this whole thing was like put on cardboard or something and um, or like uh, a thick uh, cut of paper sort of somewhat diagonally down the middle. Uh, there is a tear and a heavy tear going through. And on the top half of this giant C, all the letters are in black and it says cutting. And then on the bottom half of this C and on the bottom half of this tear, everything's in like a gray and it says crew. And um, whoever did that cover art deserves an award <laughs> for... Uh, Worst cover art ever? I don't know. The, uh, a, like... A, a covey award or whatever i don't i don't know what awards cover art artists yeah have. i don't know i think there's a 
I think there's actually a Grammy for like packaging or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> like maybe maybe they deserve that. Um so whoever the artist was behind that is more talented than all of <laughs> fucking cutting crew. But the British the 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 standard like UK vinyl like actually is kind of cool. It's got like all these little all these little like vignettes i guess like little pictures of random objects and stuff and it says broadcast on it in the middle and cutting crew is real small this looks like a really it it looks like somebody was like well what can we do with the words cutting and crew we could cut it in half oh my god how original and then they did it and it looks like garbage hot hot garbage (laughs) I think it's beautiful, and I think you're it deserves wrong. all of the accolades. <laughs> I'm no, I'm no artist. I have a bachelor's of science. Yeah, so. that's and I and you know what? I, it shows. I have a uh, I have a bachelor's in art history, which means that I have paid for the right to make fun of people's <laughs> art. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair. I'll cede to your argument. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> moving on. Um, so moving on. I mean, just Dad in your arms is it, it's a good pop hit. It's great pop hit, undoubtedly. Yeah. yeah, it's a banger. I would say. I mean, I I remember liking it like for a long time. I I think like my mom's really into eighties shit, so I I think I probably heard it when I was very young. But I remember liking it for a long time. I remember being like big into it in high school too, because I, I think everyone. At least in our generation, uh, the like class of two thousand eight ish, give or take like four years. Uh, I think everyone went through a heavy like eighties is the coolest generation phase, and I think for a know, lot of us that had to do with our parents being like eighties are cool, yeah. Well, at least for me. Oh man, well my I think my parents were a little bit older because yeah. um, we would watch. We would watch that '70s show as a family, and my mom and dad would talk about like, "Oh, you remember like, Kevin? He's that's totally Hyde." <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, my parents just uh, my parents were very yeah. young in the '70s, so they missed they missed that. They were they were total '80s kids. So um, we agreed that the hit is a hit. The hit is a hit. It's hot. Were there any other high points for you in? The album broadcast by the band Cutting Crew. Um, sort of. Sort of. Um, there are two songs that I kind of like. Um, I kind of like uh, liked one for The Mockingbird, uh, which is the mm-hmm. second song on the album. I think it had like, it was a little bit different sound, but it was still pretty textbook new wave Um in the end, it just was a, like a little different sound. All the rest of it just kind of ran together. I think this had like a cool guitar part um, that kind of drew me into it. So I think like as far as that goes, that was... I wrote down that it kind of sounded like a new wave Springsteen. Um, it had that kind of weird, that Springsteen-esque kind of, I don't know, 
yeah like like vibe to it um but then the rest of the album for me was kind of i i wrote boring under like three or four tracks uh so (laughs) that was my high point was one for the mockingbird uh besides i just I just parenthesis parenthesis died in your arms tonight. <laughs> I forgot the parenthesis. I'd go back and do it. Um, but yeah, after I just died, I just parenthesis died in your arms. I I put an arrow down. After that, who cares? And then l- <laughs> later on in the album, I wrote dot dot dot. After who cares? Cheesy cheesy cheesy. That's pretty fair. <laughs> um, I would say like. High point for me, I did like um, Any Color and One for the Mockingbird. Nothing really definitive popped out, but it was like good enough sort of general new wave to appease me. Yeah. Um, appease me. <laughs> and I will have I mean, my like... daily balance of new wave <laughs> servants. And I, I mean, like, by and large, I... I love New Wave, yeah, and too. I'm really, I really dig it. And um, you know, it was good enough to be like, okay, yeah, I can, I can get into this. That's that's pretty much all the like specific compliments I have to give to this album. Uh, so we can dovetail right into uh, low points for this because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think it was. Um, Either I've been in love before or life in a dangerous time. So tracks three or four immediately after uh, the the good ones or the decent, the decent ones. One. Um, I it just started getting really boring, and I I wish I had made notes. Um, but I think I've been in love with before was the one where about halfway through listening to it, it I came to the realization that this sounds like a uh, a ten cent Phil Collins. <laughs> it's like a dollar store Phil Collins. That um, that's what they're trying to achieve. I think so. But yeah. also they're trying to be a new wave band, and those, those two don't mix. Um, those two don't mix, man. Yeah, they don't go together so, very well. I I can actually supplement that for you because I did take a note of. Mm-hmm of a low point for uh, lyrical content on I've Been in Love Before, and it's... You can see your in it Until you reach the limit Oh, boy. <laughs> and that's what I... And immediately after that, I, I wrote, boring. And that's kind of where it went way downhill for me. It's just... Oh man, I I never recovered from that. But that's my definite low point was that specific lyric right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I think it was a little bit later in the album too. Um, I don't remember the exact song, but it kept like they they kept trying to go back to that Phil Collins well mm-hmm. and try to fish from that, but it always kept falling flat. And it was it was kind of like they they couldn't fully decide definitively what they wanted to sound like or who they wanted to be as a band and um, to have a specific musical direction. So they kept trying like a couple things here and there, like Phil Collins or new wave or just even like pop rock. And they kind of fell flat in every 
aspect and everything just came out boring and so for context of how i listened to this is i listened to it before i had to go to work so i got up at uh like 6 45 i put this thing on at seven oh god and then listened i'm very to sorry that you started from... your way that day your day that way yeah it man it set me off on the wrong foot <laughs> <laughs> so i'm um I took a break actually after parenthesis. I just parenthesis died in your arms, and um, I'm like, okay, I listen to the good song. I'll take a break for a minute. I'll make some coffee. I'll eat some breakfast, and I'll just hope and pray that something, some kind of like corner is turned, and something becomes good in this album. And it never came, and it was just a pile of. Yeah, it's like eating wet cardboard. It's not. It's just like flavorless and unpleasant, but not not bad. Not explicitly yeah. bad. And I think that I think if it was explicitly bad, that could be something that I could either take enjoyment from or like. I don't know, like ironically, like mm-hmm. how every Halloween I listen to Insane Clown Posse and Oof. will be like, okay, yeah, these lyrics are garbage and um, these juggalos sure have a certain way of life. Um, <laughs> Drink a lot of fago. But but I can I can find a way to enjoy it for what it is and I couldn't do that with this album because it was just so bland and boring vanilla is a good word for it i think <laughs> not even like vanilla's good <laughs> i suppose I, I suppose um yeah no i i feel the same way and i think that their identity crisis is kind of uh, that seems kind of like the story of the band considering where their music eventually got to um mm-hmm. and where it is now apparently um as as a as I as I mentioned before, with their kind of weird like country rock, pop rock ish kind of sound. So I mean, Cutting Crew, you had a really great hit that was inspired by the sex, and um, that's hmm. I'm I'm all for that. But then maybe you should have done more sex i guess i don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say here but uh i don't think that what <laughs> the that the rest of the album really uh is indicative of how great uh a parenthesis i just parenthesis died in your arms is and maybe maybe that's the root of the problem is maybe um got a, like they got overshadowed by how great the hit was well, that and also um, maybe guy. Let me find his name. Uh, Kevin McMichael. Maybe Kevin McMichael only had sex once, <laughs> and he had that lightning bolt of inspiration, and then never after that mm-hmm. had had that physical experience again, <laughs> and never had that lightning bolt of inspiration to um, bring forth more songs into the world. Um, that that has to be it, right? I think that might be it. I think you, I think you found it right there. That's it. Got it in one. (laughs) 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 
so we hit our we hit our high points and low points yeah. here um or low points and high points i guess uh how about how about the band themselves how about the band so themselves? i i okay i i just stumbled upon something that i i feel like i am sorry for interrupting you but i need to put it out there in the world since we were talking about them having kind of like a 10 cent phil collins vibe uh yeah yeah by all yeah. means uh so the lead singer of the band um nick Edie, e-e-d-e i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing that right auditioned for genesis in 1996 what cutting <laughs> crew was no longer um yeah uh, eventually <laughs> yeah uh, he, he didn't get it um but he he auditioned to be a member and to write for for genesis but did not happen so that i think that definitely supports that idea of um you know there was kind of some inspiration from that phil collins-esque kind of way of thinking about it um but yeah yeah and i can see that too i'm i'm on his page so i um i'm sorry for slandering uh kevin mcmichael um r.i.p kevin mcmichael uh former guitar yeah lead guitar uh for cutting crew um nick van Edie. i'm looking at his um his headshot i guess his <laughs> uh promotional photo on um on wikipedia right oh, now he looks like and he creep. really looks like he really looks like a guy who um like knows that he peaked but <laughs> he really let it get to his head and he's just sort of riding off of that fame and like is never turning back he will always be like oh yeah i'm the guy who wrote parenthesis i just parenthesis died in your arms <laughs> yeah that was he me. just he just uh he sings that all the time like he d- he doesn't even let anybody say anything else to him as soon as somebody recognizes him he just busts out the uh i just died in your arms tonight and i i don't i don't want to cast dispersions i don't want to like um you know make this guy out to be a total shitbag <laughs> but like just from that photo from looking at that photo he looks like the guy who will go to a bar and put his own song on the jukebox <laughs> and then be like like walk around the bar and be like eh huh eh? Yeah, yeah, and then uh, yeah, w- walk up to the to the one single woman sitting at the bar and say like, "Hey, you like this song? Want to meet the guy who wrote it?" It's me, baby. Um, <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I think that's uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, <laughs> Yeah, at least based on a photo of of this <laughs> based, gentleman, based on, um, on a photo from 2014 that's on the, the Wikipedia page. Although also <laughs> also supported by uh, my favorite uh, my new segment, which I I'm gonna I'm gonna try to introduce, which is uh, weird shit from the band's website. We, the title is pending, um, but they have a a, a, a title or a, they have a part on their website. Uh, called wit and wisdom so basically what it is is there's a weird like old sepia tone photograph in the back with all these black text boxes with text in them with quotes from people like bob dylan john lennon douglas adams and kurt vonnegut and also nick van Edie, the lead singer um Uh, yeah yeah. so that font of wisdom (laughs) nick van do you want some nick van Edie quotes Actually, 
what I think we should do for this specific segment. Yeah. I I want you to hand me quotes yeah. and I will guess if it's Nick Van Eady or not Nick Van Eady. Okay. All right, cool. Um okay. Okay, here's one. Uh, being noticed can be a burden. Jesus got himself crucified because he got himself noticed. So I disappear a lot. Mm. Nick Van Eden. Yeah, it's Bob Dylan. Oh, yeah. dang. Um, if you want to get the juices flowing in the studio, buy a new toy. Based on this photo, I would say Nick that Van That is Eden. a Nick Van Eady quote right there. Let's do one more. Mm. Uh, I love deadlines. I like the whooshing sounds they make as they fly by. Not Nick. No, Van that's Eden. Douglas Adams. Nice. And I, I agree with that. <laughs> that quote wholeheartedly. <laughs> yeah, that that did sound like something like distinctly Douglas it, Adams. It's, it's got his his humor. Well, now that the game's over, are there are there a couple other Nick Van Eady um, gems? Some pearls yeah, there's of a couple others on here. Um, that one's about cricket, so I'm not going to read that one. This one's kind of long, but I'm going to read it. Uh, the modern world shrinking power of social media is quite mind blowing, and anything that takes the money out of the fat controlling record companies' coffers is okay by me. Publishers are great. They work hard and pay what, uh, pay you what you earn. Record companies, however, are not so corporate, so or are now so corporate, so bloated that it's almost impossible to deal with them. Of course, this is a generalization, but I can completely see why bands design to make their own CDs and sell them with a handshake and autograph at the end of gigs. It's the old-fashioned way, and it's come full circle. I applaud it wholeheartedly. That is really long. And I don't, so I, I don't know if that's a quote so much as his opinion. <laughs> and, and I think I have a really great segue from that quote, um, because the one uh, the one fun fact that really stuck out to me about Cutting Crew is that um, the album broadcast is actually what Virgin Records America debuted with. Oh, it was the first album <laughs> from Virgin Records America. That's interesting. And they they brought it to the states. They're like, "Here's the cutting crew. Here, <laughs> here you this go, is, Americans. This is what, this is what British music is like." <laughs> that is um, unfortunate. <laughs> so i I think it's really great for this guy to be like shitting on record labels, and then having like been the face of the launch of a major record label in the United States. Yikes! Yeah. Um, well, if you want a copy of that 1986 release from Virgin, the, I would love the LP, guess how much you can look to pay for it on Discogs. This is a, a, a new segment I like to call what I bought on Discogs. So we're talking about the single. Nope. This is the broadcast, the whole album, oh. the, the first oh, release broadcast. from, I think that would be the first release unless they did release a single first. Okay. They might have, although the, all the signals I was finding are from '87. Um, but yeah, the 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 album broadcast. This is what they brought. Uh, can you have a guess of how much about it would cost you? Let's see. I'm sure no DJs are buying it because there's no other good songs <laughs> besides 
parenthesis, I just parenthesis dead in your mm-hmm. arms. Um, and they probably made a jillion copies in the 80s. Um, I'm going to say $4. $2.99 for the whole album. For the whole album. Ooh. Yeah, that's a very good plus. Uh, a mint condition one um, will run you five euros from a different seller. But yep, so that's a that's about about what we're looking at. Um, the single for uh, one for the Mockingbird, the extended remix, which was the most interesting one that I found when looking when looking for this for the segment I was about to do, will run you seven eighty. Um, so yeah, that uh, and that has side A is the extended remix of one for the Mockingbird. Uh, side B is with the regular edition of one for the Mockingbird, and then a live version of the song Mirror and a Blade, which I want to hear that song. <laughs> is that on the album? I don't know. I didn't even take enough notes to know whether or not that's on the album. Must be. I can't. I. <laughs> Where does it come from? So taking taking that uh, track title at face value. <laughs> Um, without giving it any thought, I thought, oh man, that sounds like really metal. It, does, it sounds that's probably very good. metal. Like mirror, mirror and a blade that's like Link got the the mirror shield and you, you're like almost through the game. Um, and then I realized, oh, it's probably about drugs. Yep. Oh, it's, it's, about co- yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely about, about cocaine drugs. and specifically cocaine. But yeah. Um, Ugh. Yep. <laughs> this has been a segment of what i bought on discogs <laughs> follow me on instagram if you want to see whether or not i actually bought this Spoil- spoilers <laughs> i didn't <laughs> that's um i'm really happy to hear that i don't i think anyone who's uh like selling this on discogs is really just trying to unload not they're taking a loss on all of these copies. If you want a copy of this, seriously, go to your local record store. Eventually, they'll have a copy of it. Somebody will be like, I just found all of these records. And it'll probably be in a dollar bin if you really want it. It'll probably be in the dollar bin that they leave outside the store <laughs> in the hot August sun. The please steal and these records, it's like, as I like to call them. Not even, not even like bad enough... Like, the please steal me is bad enough, but the please steal me in, like, 95 degree <laughs> weather and direct sunlight where it's getting warped to hell. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, yeah. yeah. That's where this belongs. Mm-hmm. So, I, I guess that leaves us to our final point. Um, would uh, <laughs> would you consider um, the song, parenthesis, I just died in your arms, parenthesis, by... The band cutting crew to be a wonder or a blunder. The song is a wonder. Mm. The band is quite a blunder in my in my expert opinion. Yeah, I I wholeheartedly agree. Um, the song's great. The song's a banger, and it it was definitely popular for a reason. It earned that spot. Uh, that song and only that song. Yeah. The the band, the um, the album, just I. It's a stinker. That's what. Yeah, it's a stinker. It's it's definitely a wonder how 
how they had that one good song <laughs> out of everything. It was a moment. I've it was nothing... a moment of divine inspiration. I guess, like <laughs> straight straight from the the tip of the keep going <laughs> finger to the tip of the head. Um, I'll say the f word, but I won't say penis. Uh, <laughs> Just... <laughs> anyway, this has been one hit blunders, everyone. That's it. That's the end of the. This... That's the end of the podcast. That that's the end of the podcast. I'm I'm your host, your co-host, your number one favorite boy, Matt Casper, and I am your number two favorite boy, Cameron Fontaine. I guess and go thump a tub. Go thump, Go a, thump tub. a tub. That's what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs>